Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 smart bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number special edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. I have a doctorate in psychology and am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a registered play therapist, university professor, writer, and mom of two. Each episode of the Parentologist Podcast focuses on a variety of topics related to parenting, family, children, and mental health. I'm glad you're here. On today's episode, we have my all-time favorite singer-songwriter, Tristan Prettyman, on the show today, and I could not be more thrilled. Tristan, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me, and what an intro. (laughs) (laughs) It was short, but it's powerful. It's big. I am so excited to have you on the show. You know, it's funny... Because when I actually first started my podcast, I was thinking in my head, you know, like people have those dream boards and, you know, um, visions of what they kind of, you know, want, you know, for whatever it is, whether it's a, a dream vacation, a book, a career. And I remember when I first started my podcast and I was kind of making a tentative list of who I wanted to have on the show. And you were always in the top, you know part of that because I have just been such a personal fan for such a long time. And I feel like, you know, the more I've gotten to know you, you know, over social and things like that, um, we have so much more in common (laughs) than I ever knew we did. Um, So yes, it's just kind of a a dream board come true that you're here today. So just really appreciate you being here. I mean, favorite artist, that's like no pressure or anything. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, so here's, here's the backstory on that. So In the winter of 2012, I went on a road trip up the coast of California to Napa with some girlfriends for a couple of friends' birthdays. And on the road trip up there, that's when I first was introduced to some of your music. And we listened to your songs on shuffle, you know, the way up and the way down. As you know, it's about an eight-hour or so drive. So we were listening, you know, listening to you most the whole time. And then in early 2013, I actually saw you live at the Belly Up. And that's just when I fell in love with your music. So it's been a long time. And, um, and it's just, you know, just um, having that history of, you know, knowing your music so well. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll explain later, because one of my first things I want to talk to you about is, is, is how your music is so powerful and, and actually very therapeutic as a, you know, licensed marriage and family therapist, you know, obviously I, music is so powerful for, for healing and for, you know, therapeutic reasons, coping skills, people listen to music to heal from pain, um, maybe even to escape from pain. Sometimes things like that, it can be very, very therapeutic. And Mm -hmm. I, I believe for me, that's what your music has, has done for me when I, I, I get some peace when I listen to it. And funny enough, um, when I was at your concert at the Belly Up, my I was actually pregnant at the time with my, my firstborn, my daughter. I was pregnant with her, but I didn't know mm-hmm. it yet. And so then throughout you know, her pregnancy, whenever I was just like in the kitchen doing the dishes, your music would be on. And funny enough that both my kids, but especially my daughter, every single time I'd put your music on, she would calm down. Like if she was crying in the car, I'd put your music on, she would calm or, you know, whatever the case was. So, 
you know, not only was it very meaningful and therapeutic to me, but it was was also true. Do you do you feel like you hear that a lot with your music? Do you feel hear similar things from other people um, when they when they talk about your your music? I do, yeah. Um, that it's very calming, and um, and I and I also hear from people that their kids really enjoy it. Um, and I sang a lot when I was pregnant. Actually, um, I did a couple shows when I was very pregnant, like eight months pregnant or like seven and a half months pregnant. Um, and I sing to my son now. Uh, it's it's funny. It's funny. Every you know, and people always ask me, "Oh, you're going to do a, a kids record?" And that's always been on the horizon. That's always been something in my mind. And I would sing to Kylo, my son, almost you know every night when he was little. And then we went through a phase where he'd be like, "Mom, just stop, uh, stop singing," you know. And then I was like, my heart was right. kind of broken. Um, but now it's interesting because he's six, and he. You know, we're kind of we we started him at Waldorf. Now we're at a Montessori school. iPad. You know, we're trying not to don't do a lot of screen time. We do like a show at night, and then um, and he really likes music, and he's kind of gone through these different phases where um, he loves Trevor Hall and he loves Krishna Das, and Love it. but lately, just to get the electronics out of the nighttime routine, I have been doing this thing where I just lay with him and I just make up a song and I rub his head and it just puts him right to sleep and it blows my mind. And actually his dad is like, that is the one thing that I don't have. Yes. One superpower. I cannot mimic like, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I think lately, because that's, that's been a, a recent, um, thing happening that I'm where I'm really seeing it, where I'm like, wow, like I just can make up a song and sing it to him. And he's just like it. I watch his nervous system just, and he goes right to sleep. Um, so yes. And, and music has been such a big part of my life. It's been so much of my healing. Um, and you know, then to then get to have had a career in music and offer that. I mean, I think that's really what would the draw was of initially starting was because music had been so healing for me. I grew up, you know, I found Ani DeFranco when I was 15 and, um, and that was at a time when I was 15 and angsty and, you know, didn't like my parents and wanted to rebel against the world. And, right. And, and it was very healing to feel like I had this kind of companion in music and this voice that I resonated with and, and to get to be able to offer that, you know, to others is, is really pretty special. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. And, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. I love that story about you and your son. And I have more questions to ask you about motherhood and, you know, in a little bit, but, you know, just focusing on the music a little more and, and you know, going back to your album, um, Cedar and Gold, uh, which came out in 2012, um, with one of my songs being on that album, Say Anything, um, you know, your music and in, in that album in particular, you know, we were just talking about that a little bit is, is, you know, has a kind of a similar theme about letting go, hope, healing, growing stronger. Um, obviously you were going through a lot of personal things at the time. What was it like to be on the other side of writing and performing, especially, especially that album, but those songs um, in, in that album? <laughs> well, I mean, the whole process of that album was very cathartic and, 
and if I can give a little background, you know, I had been, I had been signed to a label. I was doing a lot of writing for my next record. I was, that was after the hello record and I was burnt out and I was uninspired and I was kind of felt like I was kind of going through the motions and I ended up having a polyp on my vocal cord, which then led to me getting surgery. Um, and, and then, which then led to a breakup and then that album started to be started to grow it started to to be born and the songs started to come and and it was that was a very healing process just just to you know say anything is about having I wrote that the day before I got my vocal surgery so that was kind of Mm. about like whoa like I'm not going to be able to talk for 10 days is my voice going to be the same? Am I going to, you know, wow, I'm, I have, I'm used to, I'm, I'm so used to going on tour and just singing and kind of, I don't want to say taking this gift for granted, but in a way it was like, whoa, like what if my voice doesn't come back? And, um, and, uh, and really recognizing like, Ooh, I, I shouldn't take this for granted. Um, and, and then the whole breakup happened and and that was kind of like my first love and my first real true heartbreak and right and i think i was just in the pro- like that was just the healing demanded that process in a way um because that album is so raw and honest and and truthful. And then on the other side of that, I remember, you know, being done with the record and I, I had the most beautiful recording process with that. I worked with this producer, Greg Wells, who has produced like Adele and Katy Perry. Um, and I got to have this insane record making process. And then it came time to tour the record. And I was like, Oh shoot. Like, (sighs) I have to now go out and sing. You know, I had gotten it all out and I was like, yes. Oh, it was like this exhale. And then I was like, oh no, you're just like in the middle of the process. Like now you're going to go out and sing all of this. And then it was like reliving it. And I, I remember yeah. the first couple of times I performed, um, I think I was in, I was somewhere in Virginia. Um, and I was at this little club and I was doing this solo tour and I played. I was going to marry you for the first time. And I just couldn't even get through it. I was just oh, yeah, my eyes out. The audience was crying. Like it was just, I was hot mess. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. And in that moment I was like, Oh, gotta be careful what you're writing about. Cause you got to go out and relive it essentially like True. a thousand more times. Um, but that was also part of the process and that, and, and I think having that emotion and being that close to it, um, and still being able to touch it and tap into it is what provided the healing for so many other people who li- like, I think that's why it translated in this authentic way and touched so many people is because the, um, like the plate was still hot in a way. Right. Um, and, and, and the plate stayed hot for like two years following you know, yeah. and that was really, and, and in retrospect, looking back, I'm like, oh, okay, that was part, that was for surely part of the process because it was like, you know, I've done a lot of therapy. I work with like a somatic, um, an SE, yeah. uh, yeah. she's, a, she's a, a marriage and family therapist as well, but she does some, um, SE as well, somatic experience. And, you know, she'll often have me do these things where it's like, you, you just keep going in and you keep, you keep, 
touching it until it does it until it loses its charge. And then, you know, when you, when it's lost its charge that you're right. good, you're like, okay, I like, I processed all of that. I've integrated it. And, and so that record, I mean, that was a, that was a big, big chunk. Um, and it took a really long time to process. Oh, sure. And, you know, from, from, you know, from my side of it, or, you know, from, from, I guess the, the public side of it, you know, um, your fans, you know, I, you know, when people are reading your, your life story, um, you know, on page six, you know, or on the cover of people magazine or whatever it is, you know, people are, people know about your life, you know, they knew about the breakup, they knew about this and that. And then to hear those songs, like you're saying, you're not only getting emotional on, on stage, but I'm sure your fans were too, because they could feel the pain through your music because they knew what you were going through. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. I can only imagine that's what they were experiencing too, especially in those first couple of times you were touring. So um, yeah, it was, yeah, that was a wild time. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. And and now, I mean, we'll, we'll switch gears. We'll keep kind of going back and forth a little bit. Like I said, I have so much I want to talk to you about, but, um, but now, you know, coming a little, you know, a few years down the road here, your son is six. You're a mom now. Um, we have boys around the same age. My, my son's almost five. So, um, it's, it's a journey, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, it's like a whole nother, whole nother. It is, it is a different type of career, right? It's, it's a whole different world, but, um, but what is it meant to be a mom to you? And, you know, how has it changed you over the last six years? Oof. Um, That's a heavy one. Yeah. Well, well I also want to just make, I just like side note going, going back to the last the last topic. It's so funny because I've done, I feel like I've done so much therapy and Kylo, my son, who's six, um, his dad and I are, are divorced, but we're, we're co-parenting and we're truly best friends and we have a great relationship. Um, but going, when I think back to the other record, I'm like, man, you were, you were really like, playing the victim there. Like I've done so much therapy now that I'm yeah. like, I don't know that I could write that same record now, even though, oh, sure, you know, cause I feel like I've, I'm like a little bit older and I've done all this therapy and I'm like, you're being the victim and you're really, you're being your attachment theory is coming up here. And I'm like, I can't take it seriously. Um, but then it's like honoring that time as well. And I, and being glad that I almost didn't know as much as I knew. Um, sure. Uh, I, I feel like life is constantly this process of like wishing you knew then what you know now and then not yeah. wishing what you knew now then, you know, it's like, yeah. remember forgetting, remember forgetting. Um, yeah, true. And I'm sure right now it's like a full different life that you lead now than you did. I mean, we all do, we all evolve and, you know, morph yeah. into, you know, different human beings, you know, with work we do on ourselves. And just, like I said, being a mom and having a child obviously changes things. And, and like you said, and that's something I want to bring up later, or even if we can talk about now, I guess we can just kind of flip flop, but you know, is talking about what inspires you to write your songs, you know, and the the lyrics that you come up with. And, you know, when I've talked to other, you know, authors and, and artists and things like that, you know, they talk about how they stem from their own pain or their own life, you know, their own life story. Um, you know, and that when things were darker or maybe harder, it was almost easier to write lyrics or, or you know, words. Is that true? I mean, is that what been your experience? Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like you hear that often, you know, artists say like, oh, it's so hard to write when you're happy. And it kind of is. But right. that's, always, that's always, I've always looked at that as a challenge. Like I want to make a record that's, 
um, that channels a much as much emotion as I can channel when I'm so sad and tapped into that kind of melancholy, like I'm so heartbroken and sad. Right. As like, I wanted, I want to find the equivalent of that in the in the happiness and the sunshine. Um, right. And obviously, this year has been hard and not a lot of sunshine, and it's been hard for so many. And we have so much access to all the things, all the suffering going on in the world, all the, all the, I mean, there's just so many layers now that we are constantly exposed to. Um, and I think having a child, like I'm just in, I just, everything I do is just, is this more important than spit dropping in with Kylo? And so it's actually been hard for me to focus on my music because at any given moment, I'm like this, I'm never, he's never going to be this age. He's, I'm never, you know, if I, if I go on tour, go drop in, it's like, well, I just missed two weeks or development. And so that's, that's probably been the hardest struggle for me Mm -hmm. is I'm just, I just want to be present and I have, and I have the, um, ability to be with him and be a stay-at-home mom. I'm getting all emotional now. <clears throat> no, it's- I, have, I have the ability to be a stay-at-home mom and be present with him. And so there's a part of me that's like, I just can't even justify taking, doing anything else because nothing else is, is as important. Like this is raising a child is, is happening now. And he and his growing is happening now in real time and you really see it right like there's that quote like the days are the days are the The days are are long long. and the years are short or something like that right yeah Yeah, and it's and it's so true and so it's like I just like I toured for for almost 15 16 years and it's like yeah I want to I want to now and it's weird I feel guilty like Mm -hmm. that I want to that I want to now raise my child for the next 15, 16 years. And why do I feel so guilty stepping away from my career to do this thing? Like it's not as important or something, you know? Right. And so that's definitely, you know, and then it's honoring yourself as well and your, and your desires and your, and your purpose. And it's just, it's just like the, the balance of it all. And, and, and how do you, <laughs> for me through all of it I don't know yeah yeah I, uh, trust me I'm and I'm I'm in a similar space as you to be honest um you know when I it's funny I, I met my husband when we were getting our doctorates you know so I got my doctorate in psychology and we were in grad school together and I remember a teacher we were in, the, in a class together and I, the teacher said well what are you going to do when you graduate and I said and we weren't we weren't we were not even I don't think we were even dating at this time maybe we had just started dating but I said, well, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> and my, whole, my whole class kind of looked at me like, you're spending all these years in school, you're getting your doctorate, spending all this money on, on education, and w- you're not going to do anything with it? You're just going to be a stay-at-home mom? And I said, well, well yeah, that's, you know, that's what I'm going to do, at least until my kids get old enough, and then I'll use it you know, later on in life. Now, granted, I've you know, kind of done some work, too, on the side, and you know, um, you know, started my own brand and, you know, have my podcast. And so things have been, but like you said, I, it's, I try to balance it because I try to always still, I work from home and I'm always dropping my kids off at school. I pick them up from school. I try, you know, I'm, I'm a very involved mom 
And it's hard because when I do have some work to do, I have that guilt that I'm not spending time with them. But then when I'm with them and I'm putting my my career, if you will, on the back burner, I, have, I feel guilt that I'm not being honoring myself, you know? So it's, it's hard, right? I mean, I, uh, you know, two different, complete different careers, but, you know, um, motherhood does that to you. Yeah. So I, I, can, <laughs> yeah I can completely relate, you know? Um, and like, God, oh no, well, they're only young once. I mean, this is it. So I mean, once they don't need me as much anymore, I mean, even my daughter, she's in second grade now. And so she's starting to get to that point where she's being more independent. And of course she still needs me. And of course we still do all the snuggles and all of that. But, you know, as they get older, I know that's going to evolve too. But right now it's like the sweet spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's bittersweet when they start like, like Kylo's now at that age where we'll we'll go meet friends for a play date or something and he's just like later mom like and they're just off in their own world and I'm like wow it wasn't that long ago that he was he was very um very cautious and very I don't want to say clingy but like you know he's just like I want to be with you mom and he was like very shy and now I'm like oh and I don't know if I can even say this without crying but his dad always says like one day this is going to be the last time that like you sing him to sleep or this will be the last time we like read him a book or this will be you know this like at some point it will be the last time for something that doesn't happen again like whether that's like he sits in his high chair or he rides in the car seat or he doesn't, you know, I don't know all the little things that, that happen so quickly. So, I mean, I get super emotional about everything. <laughs> You're going to make me cry now. I'm <laughs> hey, yeah, but- not on Zoom and be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I know this sounds silly, but when you were saying that, I was thinking, oh gosh, that could be a song right there. I mean, that would, you know, pull in the heartstrings of some, all, all the moms out there because <sighs> I, I can just see it like your song titled the last time or something. I don't know if we could get through singing it because I know we'd, we all be crying, but, um, but I, I just mean, wrote a song called where does the time go? And it's, oh, see? and it's uh, like, I don't even know that I'll be able to perform it. Cause it's, <laughs> it's like, I played it for a couple of my friends who are moms and they were just like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's, um, it's, it's just, it, yeah, it, it pulls on your heartstrings. I mean, being, being a mom to me, I mean, yes, I, I, I love all the things I do. You know, I love to travel and I love to cook and I love, you know, my, my, my career and, and different things like that. But being a mom has really been the best, most important job in my life. And to know that there's that last time or to know that when they grow up, I mean, still they're older and it'll just evolve to a different type of relationship. But I've really loved this like zero to five, zero to 10 age time and just trying to savor every second. Cause I I will, I'll I'll literally end up in tears. I'll be laying in bed and I'll think about their high school graduation, which is obviously a decade away or whatever it is. But I cry when I think about that time, even though it's 10 years down the road, like it breaks my heart to think that that's going to happen and they won't be where they're at right now. So, uh, yeah. And it's interesting because I, you know, there's obviously like, I know plenty of moms who are like, they're in their career and they're like, they're balancing it all. I mean, I see some of these moms at school and I'm just like, how do you do it? Like, whoa. (laughs) Um, And for me, it's, it's like, where is, 
I try not to get caught in the comparison game because obviously that's a huge one being oh, yeah. in a mother. And I'm like, okay, all right, where, forget about, you know, great. Someone is feeling so called to have their career and have their online business or, or do their thing. And they have kids and they're, they're, wow, they're like really, I have a friend who has three kids and she's just like this insane, like business lady. And I'm like, wow. How are you like you're you're in your flow of your business, then you're like making dinner and then you got these kids and you guys are traveling all over the place and I'm like, okay, like she's in her flow. What what is my flow? Like yeah. what is my authentic flow? And that's the place that I just try to come back to because right, we can just go down the rabbit hole of like making ourselves feel guilty. You're not doing enough. You're not doing a little. You're abandoning your career. You're you're not doing enough of your career. You're you're, you're being a present parent. You're not being present. And it's, and for me, I always just come back to what is my flow? And right now my flow is like, I just want to hang out with my kid and have fun with my kid. And I'm like, and that's okay. It's okay. And that might also shift in the future of like, Oh, now I'm feeling called to flow back into music and to create a ton. But like, Right now, that is like for that. That feels like I'm going against the flow if I try to force that. Mm. True. Yeah. True. I can I can see that for sure. Now, how much does your son? um, I mean, I'm sure he listens to your music. I'm sure he's listening to your music. I know you sing sing him to sleep, and that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Um, You know, but I'm sure he does. He does. He is he have an awareness of who you are to the public, you know, into the media. Um, and if, if so, how do you, how do you balance that? Like if someone recognizes you in, in public or, you know, whatever the case is. Um, he, he came to one, I played one show when he was about two, um, that he came to, it was a daytime. It was a, a fundraiser for the world wildlife fund. Mm. And he came to that and I think he was like two or three. He was hilarious. He was just like, what? Like, why, why are you, what are you doing <laughs> up there? Like, and then he was just in the front, like dancing on the grass, like having a great time. So um, he knows that, you know, we'll be out somewhere and there'll be like a female songwriter on or something. And he's like, mom, is this you? This sounds Aww. like um, And his dad and him listen to my music often. Um, so it's like, he knows that I'm a musician and he, he loves to, like strum the guitar and he gets on the piano, but I don't, th- I think that's about his understanding of it. Cause right. I don't have a lot of, I don't have, it's weird. I don't have a lot of people come up to me. Um, it kind of happens like this. Like I'll get asked to do something and then someone's like, Oh, I'm a, you know, I love your music. And I'm like, wait, what? I thought we were just like, I w- thought we were just talking about parenting and, yeah. and there Oh, okay. You know, I forget that I'm a musician most of the time. Um, So I think he has a a slight understanding. Um, And he's still young, you know? Yeah. And it's oh, not yeah. like you're on you're on tour right now, you know. I mean, maybe like you said, one day, uh, you know, if and when you go back on tour and he's older and he can grasp it more. Um, yeah. But does he? You said he plays instruments. Is he is he showing any type of musical um, aspirations right now? He is. He he likes to sit on the at the piano and and play and pretend to read music. Um, and he, you know, it's interesting actually. He'll he will learn a song and you know Waldorf where he was before is very musical um and they do circle time and and they have all their little songs and he would come home and he'd, he'd be like oh he would just be sitting having dinner and he would start singing this whole song 
And I'd be like, where, what is that from? He's like, just the song we sing in school, you know, and he's got really good pitch and really good, um, really good rhythm. So it's, and which is how I am is like, I, music came very natural to me. Like I have a natural rhythm and a natural, like I can keep a beat pretty well, like naturally. And I can pick up on a melody pretty easily. And he, it seems to me like he has the same thing. He'll just hear something and he can recite it. And his, even when he was little, um, his like pitch was really good. Like, I'd be like, wow, you're like really on key. Like, that's amazing. That's so, funny. Um, so, but he's also super sciencey and loves to take things apart and put them back together. And, um, which I guess is a, is a perfect split between me and his dad, who's more like his dad has a neuroscience background and is more, um, is more of a engineer kind of mind. And I'm right. like the wacky creative one. <laughs> that's so fun. That's it. That is. It's all, you know, like you said, it's, it's about balance though, you know? So, I mean, my, my daughter, you know, loves, you know, doing her, I mean, she's very artistic as well. Like she, she wants to take singing lessons. That's her, her, her next thing on her list of what she wants to try. Um, Love it. But she, yeah, right. And she does like hip hop dance and, um, but then, and she loves art. She loves going to art classes and drawing. And so she's very like creative minded, but then she also has done soccer and, you know, horseback riding and some other things too. So, um, so it's fun. I mean, I think at this age, it's such a good age for exploration for kids to find out what they like to do, you know? Um, we're very much of the mindset of like, we don't ever want to push him to like live out our dreams. Or, right. or do the things that we, you know, we don't, we're, we try not to project too much onto him, our own, our own sure. thing. So, and just see like, Oh, go, you know, explore all the things and yeah. See yeah. Doing, see, so. what you, see what you like, see what you end up with. So, um, so going back to what you just said a few minutes ago of how, you know, music came very natural to you and, and, and whatnot, did you ever have any formal training? Like, did you ever have singing lessons or did you ever take guitar lessons or did you just kind of teach yourself? Um, I taught myself how to play guitar. I started when I was around 13 um, and I really, it was bad. It was sad and bad (laughs) for a long time. Um, And I just kind of taught myself by ear how to play guitar. I would get chord books and, and learn the pattern, the chord formations. um, And I would learn songs that I loved, like learn cover songs. And that's kind of how I taught myself never had any singing lessons until I had my vocal surgery. That was the real wake up call Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, I started working with this, this amazing vocal coach in LA, Valerie Morehouse. And she was like, Tristan, football players don't go out and just play the Super Bowl. They have months and months of training before the season even starts. And you got to work those muscles and you got to exercise them. And um, condition them and cool them down and, and do all of the things. And like, you can't expect to just go out and just sing and it be sustainable. Right. Um, and so I started working with her post-surgery and she pretty much changed my life, um, as far as, as singing and, um, longevity and just stamina, because I would always go on tour. And at some point I would lose my voice because we, we were doing like you know, four, six, eight weeks at a time straight with like three, three shows on one day off, two shows on one day off, like, you know, sometimes four shows in a row and I would always lose my voice. And 
Uh, and I would always, my voice would be hoarse. And, you know, that's how I developed a polyp in the first place was by not singing properly. So she really put an emphasis on um, training and, you know, but that didn't come till much later. But I started working with her right around the making of Cedar and Gold. And it's like after that, I never lost my voice once. She even re helped retrain me in talking to make sure that I was, you know, talking and coming from my diaphragm in a strong place and not doing this like, Airy, airy kind of voice, or like this, like mm. and that's what's damaging. That's what damages your vocal cords, um, or being in loud bars and trying to talk, or being at a concert and trying to talk. Right. Um, and so, so the training came much later. I wish, I wish I could say it came earlier, um, but that is now a big, big part of. You know, I'm always doing vocal warm ups and um, and just always trying to keep that consistent, I would say. Right. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, that's great. I mean, that's amazing that you're, that you self-taught, um, for the guitar. That's amazing. My husband actually, actually bought him a guitar, a Fender, um, years and years and years ago. I think it was actually the weekend we got engaged, um, because he, he said he always wanted to take guitar lessons. And so he's had it for about 10 years now. <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> learned it yet. But I know it's one of these days, you know, like you said, with career and, you know, raising kids and, you know, some things go on the back burner. And that's okay. You know, we've accepted that and we find, you know, find grace in it. And, you know, um, but one of these days, he he has a really nice fender waiting for him to, <laughs> to hopefully, you know, self-teacher, you know, maybe, maybe he'll take a lesson. I don't know. But I know that's a passion of his. And my daughter actually wants to, in addition to singing, wants to do um, guitar. We we would love, like you said, we don't want to force our kids into anything. We have the same mindset as you do. But, you know, we also want to make sure that they're introduced to things like music. Music is very important to to our family. And, you know, we want them to at least, you know, so we say, okay, what, less, what lesson would you like to take? And you can pick any instrument you want, whether it's piano, guitar, you know, whatever. And um, we want them to take something, even just if it's temporary, just to have some musical background, you know, um, mm-hmm. or experience. And so she, uh, both of them actually picked guitar. Both both my kids want to do guitar. So one of these days we'll get them into doing that too. I think it's just such a beautiful sound, you know, it's just a beautiful instrument and, um, you know, it's it's amazing that you taught yourself and that you're, you know, so good at it. That's just, you have a, a natural knack, I think, for that, obviously, for, for being a musician. So... Um, but that being said, I, I know I shared earlier, you know, my favorite album, my favorite song. I, I have a lot. So, I mean, that's just my, my number one. But um, what is your favorite song that you've ever written and or performed? Oh, man. I mean, say, well, hold on. I will tell you. You're in San Diego, right? Yes. Um, and it wouldn't even matter. But Marty Schwartz is from San Diego. And he is this amazing guitar player. And he does all these tutorials on YouTube. So he's really fun to learn from, actually. I would definitely recommend him. And then there's this other, um, there's this other learning device that's this, uh, it's like a guitar neck and you just put your headphones in and it teaches you how to play. I got to remember the name of it, but that's that's another good, that's another good tool. Okay. Um, Definitely going to write those down for later because they both, all, my husband and my kids are definitely going to want those. So that's, yes, I'll definitely be in touch with you on that if I forget, but I would love that. Yes. That sounds amazing. I think it's called the jam stick. Yeah. A jam, jam stick. stick. Okay. Jam stick, MIDI guitar. So they can, they can play it without 
disturbing anywhere else around them. <laughs> That's good too. Especially at the beginning, like you said, it might be a little iffy, but <laughs> and it's just the neck of the guitar, so it's it's really small, um, which is nice. Okay. I have to remember that. That's good. Yeah. And I'm glad. I Honestly, I don't know. I mean, guitar is such a beautiful sound, like I said, and such a beautiful instrument, but I was so scared my son was going to say the drums. I thought he was going to want to just jam out to the drums. And I don't know if I could have handled that. Um, yeah. I'm sure he would have. I love music, but um, I could just imagine. Right. right? This huge drum right. in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And my neighbors would have loved me, but um but yeah, I'll have to remember that. That's those are those are good um good, you know, places to start because they they definitely need something, but um but thank you. I like that. Definitely. But favorite song, you know, say anything was was the way that song came to me, you know, the day before my vocal surgery and just this guitar pattern which was unlike kind of anything I had been creating at the time was was very cool and that song has been um, you know, it was in Safe Haven, uh, the movie and that's right. I, I, that one's just like very soothing. I love that one. Um, and then letting go was a song I wrote, um, about our divorce and separating from Kylo's dad. And because nothing bad had happened, um, and so it was kind of one of those things like putting this into words, like there's no, there's no like victim and villain and right. there's no characters. It's just life and, and what's in the flow and, and what does your heart want? And, and so really trying to honor, I knew that I, I was writing kind of all these other songs uh, after Kylo was born and it, and, and it was kind of like the elephant in the room of like, you're writing all these other songs, but you're not really addressing this thing that happened. And, Mm -hmm. and not that I like needed to write about that, but you know, my writing is very, um, personal and uh, biographical in a sense of like, I'm always writing about what I'm going through. And so it felt weird for me to kind of be writing all these other songs and not really writing about that separation. Um, and so letting go was, was very, like, I loved, I really loved writing that and made a music video with my friend, um, on a super eight film camera with real film and Kylo was in it. And we did it around Encinitas, um, which is where I live and shot, you know, some clips of surfing and, and that song was, you know, it's a very bittersweet song. It's like just about knowing that it's time to like this thing has kind of run its course or, or this form that it's in is like, doesn't want to be in this form anymore and honoring it in a way, respecting it. And then, and then, uh, and then letting it, setting it free. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I do remember that. I remember watching the video and, and listening to that song as well. So, um, but I think like we talked about earlier, you know, it's, and, and, you know, and, and no matter, I feel like whatever we do, and if we're just talking with friends, I mean, we're talking from that biographical stance, you know, we're talking about our lives. So whether that comes out when people author a book or when people write a song, I mean, it's um, pulling from your own personal experiences um, as raw as it is and honest as it is um, 
is just it's a it's a very deep way to express yourself. I mean, I just think it's it's just and from a therapeutic, per, you know, someone who does therapy mm-hmm. for a living, um, I think it's also very therapeutic for people to express themselves, even if they're drawing a picture of of a life experience. You know, um, when I work with kids, and let's say they they lose someone and they're going through some grief and loss, whether it's a pet or a family member or someone who's you know gone to a re- or gone through a recent death. And, you know, I, the the parents will come to me and say, how do I help my child express themselves? And this could be as young as four and five Mm -hmm. years old. And uh, I just say, I always go to the creative side, you know, go, you know, have them draw a picture of their favorite memory of that person or, you know, the animal or whatever it is, Um, you know, have them, you know, like you said, maybe even make up a song or, you know, whatever it is, but just going to that creative side to really kind of get it out you know, just really get it out of your system and kind of externalize it on paper, whatever that looks like is um, always my go-to when it comes to something that's um, and, and, like trauma and, and, and grief and loss and all those things. So, yeah, I mean, that makes so much sense. And I think that's why I gravitated towards music in the first place as, you know, even going back to being that angsty 15 year old and getting that tape, it was like, Oh, somebody understands me. Oh, I can, you know, and I always love to write and keep a journal. And, and then when I found music, it was, it was the way to not keep all the feelings inside and to have this way to release emotion and process and process grief and process loss and process like my parents fighting and them like seeming like they hated each other and whatever, you know, my grandfather dying. And then I feel like my parents are working all the time and, um, and it still remains to be that thing. It's my number one outlet. Um, and it's so funny because I always meet people and they're like, you're you're so happy and positive. Like, but your music is kind of sad. And I'm like, yeah, I think, and that was a hard thing for me to kind of come to terms with because I was like, yeah, I am pretty positive and upbeat. And, you know, why is my music sad? And I think it's because that's the, that's the vehicle I use to not keep all the sadness and right. the, the shit, if I can say that on this podcast, maybe you have to bleep that, yeah, but the, okay. <laughs> the monkey stuff, I can, I can get it out through music. So it's not living inside of me. And that's just over the years become my way of of how I like process and release, process and release. And I just like can put, put a, put the words to it, put the feeling to it and get it out. So it's not living inside of me. And then I can move forward and have that space inside of me and that lightness and, and be able to, you know, essentially it's like keeping me from not getting depressed. I would imagine like if yeah. I kept all of these emotions inside, can you imagine like if we just kept all of our, all of our, all of that hard stuff yeah. inside all the time and had no way to, to release it. Um, we end up carrying a lot of stuff around. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we all need, like you said, a release. We all need some type of way to cope with the hard stuff because there's always going to be hard stuff. I mean, even just a stressful day, you know, trying to balance, you know, drop off and pick up, packing lunches, you know, the kids fighting, you know, just life can be stressful. Parenting can be stressful. It's also very beautiful, obviously, but there are going to be tough days. And how we get through those, um, you know, we need to get through those and we need to find ways to get through those. So 
obviously music is, is a big part of that. I know journaling, art, you know, things like that. But what else do you do to stay grounded and, and sane during those stressful days? You know, do you do any type of, I know you used to be a surfer. I don't know if you still surf, but, you know, meditation, yoga are some things I go to, but what, what do you do? Um, I'm still surfing a little bit, not as much, um, for whatever reason. Again, I think it's like, I just come back to like, what's in the flow. I tried to go like path of least resistance. Um, I am really loving Pilates. Um, Mm. I had actually gone through, I had gone through another, um, like a pretty bad breakup in January. Um, and, I was, I mean, it was, I was sad and I was just letting myself be really sad. Um, and that makes people pretty uncomfortable. I, I learned. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I'm like, I'm just like, are you okay? I'm like, no. And I'm okay. Just being not okay. And the people just don't know how to, they, they don't know how to respond to that. They don't want to respond. And, um, and then I had a, a girlfriend was like, I'm going to, I want to try Pilates. And, and so I recommended the studio to her and, um, and she went, she's like, I love it. I, you should come with me. And I was, had been working with a, a Pilates instructor, like privately, um, doing more stretching stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll come. And this, I was, it's Pilates Republic, um, in Encinitas. And it put me, I would get up at 7am, go to Pilates and it would just put me right in my body. And there was like no time for me to even be sad or be depressed. And, and so that really was, has been a big, um, uh, stress, just, uh, self care, I would say, um, mm-hmm. in the last, in the last seven months, um, eight months, 10, I guess we're in October now, 10 months. Um, <clears throat> and I, so I've been, I go to Pilates probably five days a week. Um, I just wake up super early in the morning or I'll go after drop off. And, and it's funny, you know, I have like, I have friends say like, Oh, well, you know, like must be nice. And I'm like, no, you just make time. Like I just choose to wake up at like five 45 and hit, hit class 45 minutes and come home. And then, right. Um, or I go right after drop off or, and it's all prioritizing. And so I felt I, I have to move my body and exercise. That's, um, if I don't, I start to, I, I start to feel like everything starts to get stuck um, inside me. So maybe because right now I'm not doing as much music stuff, I'm now finding alternate ways to, um, deal with the day to day. Sure. Not, not, not let all that, all that stuff get built up. So Pilates has been really good. I feel like that really puts me in my body and, um, and is also building strength and is making my butt look nice. So that's nice. great. <laughs> Um, <laughs> nice work, and, for sure. and you know, you want to be able to keep up with your kids as you get older and I'm almost, oh, yeah. um, and then I also have been doing ice baths and breathing. Um, wow. yeah. And my, my two dear friends, um, they started, uh, well, my friend's husband, my one friend, Danielle is a yoga instructor and, um, and her husband Reese started a our breath collective, and my boyfriend, who I'm a lovely gentleman I'm dating now, is also a Wim Hof certified um, breath coach and cold exposure mentor. So oh, wow. I started doing the breathing in the ice bath with um, my girlfriend Daniela, and then started doing the breath classes with Reese. And I was like, wow, this this is like next level. Um, 
because for me, I can go from zero to 60 very fast and I can get very uh, triggered and, and very reactive. And that comes definitely from um, my childhood and feeling like my dad was very critical and judgmental. And, um, and, and so it's like that feeling of when someone's like disappointed in Mm -hmm. me, I react and, um, and you know, sometimes those things will happen with your kids where they're just like not listening or that, you know, I'll just go like zero. I, I can get very like triggered and then you feel terrible afterwards. And, um, and I'm like, Oh no, I just dinged my kid. And I, I was like, you know, get in, us, get in the bath. Like, you know, he goes to bed and I'm like, oh, man, like, did he, I just probably freaked him out. Like I just yelled at him. Um, and so I was finding that the breath work and this, and doing the ice baths, because you're putting your body in a stressed state and your body is just like, ah, like it wants to run, but then you sit in it and you sit, this is especially true for the, for the ice, for the cold tub, um, that you sit in the hardness and, and you slow down your reaction to your emotion. And for me, it's just allowed this space to open up between of like, I'm having an emotion come up. I'm having a reaction come up and I'm going to create space between that reaction or that emotion and my reaction. Wow. Maybe getting them mixed up, but wow. yeah, I will have a reaction or I will feel an emotion and then you have an instant reaction to it. And so this has allowed me to create space in between. And I have seen how this has transferred into my day to day life of just feeling way more grounded, way less reactive to things that I might have been super reactive to before. Um, and just like having more patience, like, Oh, okay. I can, I can just slow down in this moment. Um, so I've been doing a lot of, of breath work and, um, and cold plunge lately. Wow. I'm going to have to try that. I also, just from my family history and uh, personal, you know, childhood history and, and different things along the way, I, I also um, get very emotionally reactive, um, you know, to different things pretty quickly. Um, but just in general, I mean, if, if I did or didn't, but, um, but I definitely can relate to that, you know, um, type of emotionality, but I, I need to try that, I think, because it's hard though. I mean, it's how long do you have to stay in there? Cause it's, it's like freezing water, right? Yeah. It's like 40 degrees. Oh my gosh. It's yeah, no, like two minutes, five minutes, yeah, two minutes, two minutes, three minutes, one minute. Um, it, it's so interesting to me though, because I've, I've done so much. I was so excited to talk to you because I love therapy and I, and I love my therapist and, um, and I have done so much therapy and it, you know, going into therapy and, you know, especially like couples therapy and you're like, oh, I'm, okay, I'm ha- we got into this huge fight and here's what happened. And the therapist like, okay, like, you know, you're explaining, you're going through, I was telling you, she, my, our therapist does the somatic ex- experience work as well. And, you know, you leave and you're like, okay, I understand why that happened. I, I'm understanding why that's coming up and you can understand it intellectually. And then it's like five minutes later, you get home and like the thing happens again and you can't, it's like, <laughs> 
okay, how do we stop this pattern? Like I, and I understand. And then, and then you start to have the, the arguments of the triggers in the moment. And you're like, I can't stop the train. Like it's, here we are again. Yep. And the ice bath is like the first thing that I was like, whoa, I, I, it like put me in my body. I guess this is like the season of, for me of putting myself in my body, yeah. uh, back in my body. And it, and it was when I did the ice bath, uh, it, I was like, oh, okay, here's how I can actually practice in my physical body how to slow this down when it's happening. Wow. Um, and it's just been a very cool, and it's so surprising to me, you know, because our friend does these breathwork classes and I'm like, huh, breathing, like, it can't be that, you know, and it's always this like super transformative experience. Um, of emotions being released and insights coming in. And, and it's really like just giving your, like how, you know, we're so bombarded um, these days with, with information and, and parenting and our jobs and relate, relating to other people and our relationships. And it's like, when do we actually give ourselves just a moment to create some space mm. to allow some stuff to come up and come out? And so I've really realized how valuable it's definitely been to my practice and my sanity um, over the last six months of really practicing pretty regularly um, just how how profound and transformative it can be. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And Our Breath Collective is all online and they do like live breathes in the morning and they, um, and they have um, different guest teachers come on and it's just like a 15 minute breathe. So it's not like a 45 minute. I mean, our friend does classes that are 45 minutes, but, um, but it's always amazing to me how just like a 15 minute, it's very similar to meditation, you know, it's mm-hmm. just a little set, but, um, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And you can come, you should just come over cause you're, yes. you're, you're in, you're in the neighborhood. So yes, no, I would love that. I would love that because, um, you know, like you said, I think a lot of times with people, when they think of, um, when they think of self-care, you know, they think, oh, I have to spend hours, you know, doing this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't need all of that. Sometimes if you can just, you, if you're more preventative, uh, obviously sometimes we get to the point where we're more reactive and that's okay. Cause like I said, we're going to have tough days. Nothing's perfect. We're going to get there. But if we're preventative and we spend f- just 15 minutes a day doing breathing exercises or, you know, you know, doing the tub or whatever it is, whatever it is that we like to do, if we just do 15 minutes each day, and like you said, prioritize, I think that's the thing is that we have to make it a priority. Mental health is a priority, you know, world mental health day, you know, everyone's talking about like it's, it, it matters and it does, but to be preventative and proactive and do these things for even 10, 15 minutes a day will really set your day, right. It'll set your mind, right. And it'll help you not to get to those points where it builds up, builds up, builds up. And then there's an explosion because you're putting, you're filling your cup so high that even if you have a, a reaction to something, or if you have a problem come up, you're not going to go and deplete yourself to empty because you're going to have those, those coping skills and those things in place preventatively. So Absolutely. I'm all about having as many tools as I can in my tool belt to help me get back on track. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my, dad, my dad was very, I feel like I'm throwing my dad, dad, if you, he's never going to listen to this, but that's fine. <laughs> but he was like that. He was very like, you know, everything's just sweep this under the rug and that under the rug. And then, you know, one day, 
it would all come out. And it was like, yeah, he, he I mean, that generation, my parents' generation, for sure, I feel like they have, didn't have a lot of uh, resources and tools and there wasn't this emphasis on this and we have it now, um, which I love, but it's like the same thing with like healthy eating or anything that you're doing. I love that. Sure. I love the preventative approach of it, of, um, every day you just do use, it's like a step in. Well, I have a health coaching background as well. Cause that was something I did when Kylo was, um, when he was like six months old well, and cool. it's all and my training is all, centered in the that theory of you're either prevent feeding disease or preventing it and every moment is a choice to in in either direction and and it's not about being perfect it's just about having more at the end of the day hoping to aiming to have more healthy healthy patterns in the preventing disease than in the other way so it's like okay if you slip and eat you know, junk food or, but if you're overall eating a pretty clean diet and you're, you know, having, getting your greens in and you're getting a little, a walking in or whatever, even if it's 10, 15 minutes, that all counts. That's all swaying the pendulum, the other direction. Um, and I love, I love that approach. Exactly. It is. And, and I'm not a somatic um, therapist, but anyone who's listening that is looking to do some type of therapy, I highly recommend. I've had colleagues do somatic um, training and it's, it's, it's really amazing, especially if there is a lot of, um, especially I would say EMDR is good to, for trauma too, but, um, but somatic, I think for, for trauma, um, I mean, just a lot of things, but if anyone's listening out there and is looking for uh, a specific modality, um, to try and, you know, do some therapy, I, I would highly recommend a somatic therapist. Um, like you said, I know you've had a good experience with it too, but I've only heard very good things about it. And, um, especially if people are very analytical or intellectual and, and want to kind of almost control the therapy, you know, if you will, um, to take a step back. Yeah. Right. I mean, but to take a step back and to, like you said, get into your body, it, it, it's such a different experience than regular talk therapy, you know, nothing against regular talk therapy. If that works for you, great. You know, like I said, I, I advocate for therapy anyway, but no matter what it is and, and how you get it. But, but like you said, finding a good therapist is half the battle, you know, not all therapists are created equal. So finding a good therapist, um, and then finding the modality that, that works for you. Um, but somatic is great. Like I said, for those people, especially too, that, um, that really do want to get connected to, to healing, um, without just plain talking. So. Totally. And yeah. my ex, yeah, I'm like Kylo's dad is very, I hate calling him my ex. Someone was like, you can call him your husband. I'm oh, like, I've never I heard of that. I like I it, but I've never heard of that. That's so funny. Um, but he was very, he's very analytical, very in his head, very like, so dis- he, or he used to be, he's, he's, he's way more connected now. Um, and, but very in his head, very wants to control, super analytical. I'm like, I'm pretty analytical too. I mean, I'm more in my body, but I'm, I'm definitely an analyzer and thinking and, um, and the somatic work was just like, just, again, it just slows everything down, puts you in your body out of your head and, um, and really allows you to, to like drop into, yeah, how you're feeling and, and what all of those experiences feel like in your body, which I had never I, I've done a lot of therapy, but that was the first time experiencing that. And I was like, whoa. 
Yeah. It's definitely life-changing. Like I said, everything I've heard from anyone who's experienced it um, or anybody I've known, a colleague that's gone through the actual training and does it, um, just absolutely loves it. So, um, so, so glad you found that. Um, I know we're, gosh, we're, I, we, I feel like I could talk to you all day long and I would love that. We'll have to have you on again sometime. Um, but I know you brought up, um, again, we're both from Encinitas. We both grew up in North County, San Diego. I love that, that we have that in common. And you've also traveled to places like Bali, Australia, Europe, Japan, you know, whether it's through vacation or, or tour. Um, what is your favorite part? I know I, I could probably go on and on about how much I love Encinitas and why I think it's the best place in the world, but what do you like best about, you know, North County, you know, Encinitas, um, you know, being by the beach um, in your hometown or, you know, and or where's your favorite place to travel? Oh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I did so much touring when in my twenties and I would always go places and I'd be like, Oh, I could live here. You know, I'd like go to Iowa and be like, I could live in Iowa. I could make it work. <laughs> and then I would come home and I would have this sense of, ah, like there is just no place like here. I don't know. I I often think about, wow, I can't believe that I was born to two people who, who were here of all places. And I got to grow up here. Like how I feel very, very fortunate. Um, but you know, for me, it probably has a lot to do with the lifestyle. I, you know, I, cause I did grow up surfing. I love the ocean. I love the fact that we have the beach, but then we also have the mountains and there's really beautiful hiking, which I'm embarrassingly, uh, I, it's embarrassing for me to admit that I didn't discover that until the pandemic, how much hiking there was. Yeah, um, there is. And especially in North County, you're in North County, right? Yes. I am blown away by the amount of bicycle uh, uh, cyclists on the road these days. And it warms. I know some people get really annoyed with cyclists, but I am just psyched to see all the kids. I mean, well, they're all on these e-bikes, which are kind of dangerous, I feel like. But um, it's very cool to see the town kind of turning into this pedestrian cyclist town when I remember not, not too long ago it seemed like no one was walking around and now there's a lot of improvements to the sidewalks and, um, and bike lanes. And so like we did like a, like a little beach ride yesterday along the one one And I, I'm just like, there's nothing. I mean, we just have access to outside, um, right. and, and pretty good weather year round. So this is definitely my favorite place. Um, but also if someone was like, we got to move here, you know, I, I'm just the kind of person that I could make the most of, of living anywhere and, and it would be a fun adventure. Um, lately I'm really enjoying Ojai. Um, mm. I have some friends that live up there and that's been a very cool getaway because it's just about two hours and 45 minutes on a good traffic day from San Diego. Um, and it's just East of Ventura and there's really beautiful hiking. It's this little town and this, and this sweet little valley. Um, and it's a, a lot of the land there is preserved. So there's not a lot of, um, con- building and, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's not very, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not very developed. Yeah. It's, it's not very industrial up there. It's definitely just a lot of open spaces, lots of hills and trees. I've only been there once years ago, but I loved it. It was beautiful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going there a lot on, on, on weekends. Um, and my brother lives in Santa Cruz. So, you know, just that drive of, I always would recommend that, that drive from up the one 
It's yes. beautiful. It's so stunning. Like through Big Sur, um, it's so beautiful. Uh, and that's that's the extent of my my traveling these days. It's, yeah. it's a lot of road trips, probably probably for a lot of people. It's just a lot of road trips. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, a lot that's changed a lot over the last year, you know, year and a half now that we're in this, um, you know, that we've gone through the pandemic and everything like that. So um, travel has been a little bit different where, like you said, more people are probably, when we couldn't really go anywhere and no one was really go, had anywhere in their car to even go, um, even locally, you know, people, I think, spent more time outside, you know, so maybe people did pick up more, you know, cycling and, and, and walking and things like that. And like you said, more road trips, more local road trips. And it's great because in San Diego, you know, we could go to Catalina, you know, we could go to Palm Springs, mm-hmm. you know, we can go to Big Bear. We, there's so many places we can go to. We have a lot of road trip options, <laughs> you know, um, which, you know, which makes it really good too. And I think, did I see that you've been taking up some gardening as well? I do love to garden. I'm so very amateur. I kill a lot of plants. Um, I'm it's survival of the fittest over here. Uh, <laughs> but I do love to garden. I have a pretty big. Um, I have several gardening like raised beds, and then I have a lot of like. I don't know. I'm like I'm going to get this. I, you know, I go to the gardening store, and I'm like. I'm going to get this plant. And the guy's like, "Those are like really sad looking. Like you might want to wait till Tuesday to come." <laughs> You get the new delivery, and I'm like, no, these. I'm. It's like I do this with the Christmas tree too. I go on the last day and I'm like, give me the saddest tree. I want to give him a chance. You know, he's gonna make it through. So I like to pick out all the the sad, like the sad plants, and like plant them and see what happens. Um, so I have like drag, you know, I have dragon fruit, passion fruit, figs. Um, I have bananas right now, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow, blackberries. Um, I have some kale. It's getting attacked by caterpillars, but it's oh, no. it's like a whole learning process, and that's very therapeutic as well. Yeah, um, garden. Like I just want to be outside. I'm I'm all about just less trying to get off my phone, less social media. I have a definitely have a love and hate with social media, and more time outside with my hands in the dirt because all of that is also building our immune system and our our. Um, our microbiome and I'm just, I'm just about doing all of the things that like build immunity, our resilience, strengthen us, put us in our bodies, all that stuff. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And it is, it's very therapeutic. It's very grounding. Um, I love gardening with my kids. I mean, we, you know, it's, we live in a, an environment that we, you know, have warm sunny weather most of the year, you know, so, you know, having, having an opportunity to do that, you know, where we live is, is, is really great, but the kids love it too. I mean, my kids absolutely love, you know, to get their hands dirty, obviously, and to plant stuff and then to see it grow. They get so excited if it's a seed, something from a seed and they see like the first little sprout, they, they think it's fascinating to them. Totally. Yeah. Great, great, great activity to do with kids. I think we planted some carrots, you know, and it was like for, for like, 16 weeks straight, Kyle's like, is the, is the carrot ready to pull them all? Not, not yet. Like everybody, you know, he just wants to pull the carrot. So. Oh, they love it. They love it. It's so fun. All right. Well, I know we're almost out of time. So, um, two more quick questions and then, uh, I'll let you go. And again, I'm sure we'll, we'll have more things to talk about another time, but, um, you had two singles come out, um, this year, waste my time in same page. Um, I know you talked about a song you just wrote earlier, but do you have any other singles coming out soon that you'd be able to share with us um, or any other uh, upcoming music uh, releases? Um, I'm always working on music, slow and steady. Um, I have two songs that I'm sitting on right now, and I'm guessing that if 
those come out, it'll probably be in, in the, in the new year. Um, the goal was to do some kind of EP or record with, um, fuel to my fire, same page, waste my time. Uh, and I think letting go and then writing a, a couple other songs to kind of round out that album. So I have two, the two that I'm sitting on right now. And then, um, and then a couple others that I'm working on, but it's a slow process. It's like, sure. It's literally like every couple weeks or, you know, I work on it little by little. Um, but the cool thing is I have a, a my friend of mine, um, moved to Colorado and gave me one of his pianos. And so I've actually been kind of teaching myself piano. Um, nice. so the last three songs have all been on piano, which is really neat. So it kind of feels like I'm discovering music all over again. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So some, there's always, there's always stuff on the horizon, you know, oh, and then I have the dream for the, for the kids record too. So Oh, I love that. Well, good. Well, I will be looking forward to that. If you have just a few minutes, would you um, want to play a little something for us today? Sure. Oh, I'd love that. I'll let you, you pick. I'll let you pick if you if you have something you'd like to play or, I mean, say anything is always going to be my first choice if you ask me, but <laughs> it's your choice what you like to do. I'll do say anything. Okay. All right. I love that. I'll do the say anything. I okay. love this one. If I could say anything, anything, what would it be? Take a step. Oh, gosh. Hold on. We got to start over. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll edit that part out. <laughs> I get all nervous. It's like I haven't played in so long. Okay. I know. This is what happens. I started, I started thinking about it too much, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Is her, she loves a song. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> all right. Here we go. One, two, three, four. If I could say anything, anything, what would it be? Good question for our distant reality. I would tell you that I love you, even when it didn't show. I would tell you that I love you, baby. By now, I hope you know. If you could go anywhere, anywhere, what would you see? Take a step in any direction, make believe. If your mind is always moving, start to get your heart up off the ground. Yeah, your mind was always moving, or your thoughts never made a sound. But we won't break if we let go. You and I already know. 
we were bound to be so free eventually so here we are now you can say anything if i could ever go anyway anyway it'd go like this Take it back to a couple years yesterday To our first kiss And that moment I loved you This is now I ever saw going down And that moment I loved you I wish I knew then what I know now But we won't break if we let go you and i already know we were bound to be set free eventually so here we are now you can say anything you can say anything Oh, well, you should listen to your heart. It's gonna tell you what you need. Take care of yourself. Don't you worry about me. Oh, well, you should listen to your heart. Oh, it's gonna tell you what you need. Take care of yourself. Don't you worry about me. And we won't break if we let go. You and I already know We were bound to be set free Eventually So here we are now You can say anything You can say anything You can say anything you can say anything Always say anything Wow, thank you so much, Tristan. That was absolutely beautiful. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. We will definitely have to make a date to get together in soon in person. I would absolutely love that. And yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to have you back for more. Make sure to subscribe to the Parentologist podcast so you don't miss an episode and make sure to tell your friends. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.